welcome to episode number one of the On The Grid podcast. I have a great guest for me today, and I'm going to introduce to you to Fabian. He is a logo and brand designer based in Sweden, and I'm really excited to chat more with him. Welcome to the show, Fabian. Thank you so much. It'll be super fun. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, so basically, this podcast is aimed to give some insight of the creative industry in general, whether it's within esports or within, I guess, a more professional environment, maybe outside of the esports and in the quote unquote real world. So first mm -hmm. of all, I just kind of want to ask you, what's your experience and how have you got to where you are today? Um, well, I started like, I uh, think in 2014, uh, when I was 12. Um, and I started the same way as uh, pretty much a lot of people in the community did by making old Call of Duty um, and um, esports banners and uh, whatever it was, thumbnails and stuff. Um, um, so esports, definitely, I, I, I did play a bit of um, Call of Duty and CSGO and that's kind of what got me into design because um, I did have some uh, friends um, who needed a logo and I needed it myself because I was quite active uploading stuff to YouTube and Twitter and stuff. Um, so that's really how I got into it. Um, and then I just kind of got hooked on logo design um, and I found it so fun to make these gaming mascot logos. Um, and then after that, I just find, find a community on Twitter, um, which is amazing, amazing community. And it kind of went from there. Um, and today I'm not really into esports that much anymore. Um, but it was definitely that that got me into design. Uh, so very grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to dissect there. So you're a COD nerd as well as like myself and a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely was, um, was at least uh, COD GD4 on the PC. Sheesh. Nice. So like you started when you were 12 years old. Was that like uploading yeah. to YouTube and stuff of like clips or was it design based on YouTube? Um, it was both actually. I, I uploaded all the speed arts of me making uh, Call of Duty banners for, for uh, YouTubers who probably found me quite annoying. Um, <laughs> but that's where it started. Um, but it was like kind of a mix between gaming and design. So. Okay, that's cool. Can you find that channel today? Is that still around or? Oh god. Um... <laughs> Oh, it I, is. I think I think so. I am. I'm not sure what it's called though, but I can definitely maybe find some old clips. Um, yeah, I do remember the. I, I have the, the video somewhere. I'm not sure if the uh, channel itself. It may not be public anymore. But I can definitely try and find the clips. It will yeah, be fun. That would be fun. That's a shame it's not live. But yeah, I get it. I've been there and just like deleted the channel straight after. <laughs> yeah, I do on my uh, YouTube. Um, channel today where I'm uploading once every month or something. Um, okay. I I do have some clips from four years ago with old logo designs, but um, but um, yeah, the banners are even even more old. So okay, sheesh. All right, yeah, I'll be sure to like plug that into the podcast. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> um, Sweet. Yeah. So one thing that you mentioned is that you start with banners. You made stuff for Call of Duty teams, whether it's thumbnails, banners etc. But what mm -hmm. made you pick logo design? Like what drew you towards logo design? At first, um, it wasn't really about logo design. It was about 
mascots, um, mm -hmm. which is a genre of logo design. Um, and I found it so fun. I was making them on my old iPad with literally my finger. I sketch it with my finger. Um, um, and I don't make these like cool wizard characters or lions or whatever the typical mascot logo was. Um, and I, um, I'm not sure really why I kind of got hooked on mascot logo specifically, other than I thought it was super cool. I used to watch so many speed arts on YouTube of mascot logo design. Um, you know, Derek Stratton and, and Vortec and all those people. <laughs> um, and then after mascot designs, I, I, I kept kept making them simpler and simpler and eventually you can get to a minimal logo design style which isn't mascots anymore it's just regular shapes and and uh, more professional logo design so to say um but yeah mascot science is definitely where it took off um and i, I think I, I find it really interesting to how you can make something out of as little as possible um and i think i kind of learned that from mascot logo design where, where, you know, it's all about details and the more the better, which is kind of the opposite of my philosophy today. But um, yeah, that's how it started at least. Okay, you've touched on your philosophy, but before we get to that, do you mind if I ask you more about um, your mascots? And you said you were drawing with like your iPad with your finger and stuff. Can I ask, why did you decide to go down the design route? Like you could clearly a talented drawer or an artist. How come design led your way rather than art? Um, it's a good question because I've always kind of liked art as well, and I've always liked drawing, um, whether that being on paper or digitally. But I, I, I don't find it as fun. Um, I have, I have really bad patience, which is kind of why I think I don't enjoy drawing as much because I, I liked ten minutes, the first ten minutes, and then I kind of want it done. Uh, <laughs> and I want to start on another drawing. Um. So I think that's um, kind of why I did mascot logo designs as well, because I could sketch for like 10, 20 minutes, and then I'd be, I, I, I wanted to go vector it instead, and then I vector it for 10, 20 minutes, and then I wanted to do, edit a YouTube video for 10, 20 minutes instead. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of hate working on the same thing for a long time, uh, which is also another contribution to my minimal work, I think. Um, but it's also why I don't think I kind of pursue the more art, drawing, realistic path as well. Yeah. So how does that then, I guess, mold your philosophy? Like you said, you don't like spending too much time on something. Does that affect maybe your workflow? Does it affect, how does that affect your relationship with potential clients or even with like yourself? Yeah, it definitely affects because um, like, most of my client work or my best work um, is literally done within 10 minutes. Um, yeah, um, but at the same time, I can make, I, it's, it's all about quantity <laughs> for me, really. Um, because when, when you do quantity, the quality will come. Um, so I could like, there, there's been periods where, where I made like, you know, with the uh, I've made some twenty-four hour challenges on Twitter as well, as you might have seen, mm -hmm. and I I can just make like forty, fifty logos every day, and they're definitely not all 
great, they're definitely not all good even. But I feel like that's, at least for me, it's the best way to progress and at the same time really, really, really enjoying what I do. Mm-hmm. And for some people it's the other way around, like that they like to be super, um, or to spend a lot of time on something and make it like truly perfect. And that's totally okay as well. But um, at least for me, I, I'm just a really big fan of, of um, doing something that I have in mind. And then once it's done, just do, <laughs> go do something else um, to not tire myself out. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds reasonable. So your philosophy, just to recap, is basically the more you do, the, the quality will end up becoming. The more ideas you put down, you'll find kind of a diamond in the rough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's quite common to say that quality is more or quality over quantity, which is definitely true. But I also feel like, I mean, if you do something all the time, every day, obviously the the quality will come as well. So definitely a both, uh, both way term. Yeah. Okay. I definitely, I I definitely see that of course. So (laughs) when you're working with possibly a client or someone's asked you or commissioned you to do a logo and you say it's done within maybe like 10 minutes, would you ever, is that 10 minutes then dedicated to the one that's chosen or is that the whole process? Honestly, it can vary a bit. Um, but working with clients, um, for me, is, is sometimes a struggle. Um, but it's not, it's, I have to kind of change the work. It's not like a typical, how a typical designer would do it. Um, I'm kind of more f- making a lot of different versions. Um, okay. And then, then once we have a version that we both like and or that the client likes, um, from there we can pursue and make it like hundred percent, hundred percent good. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's important to just kind of get work out and not spend too much time on something that neither of you might like not like in the end. Yeah, so um, you'd like do loads of different options, like put all ideas mm-hmm. good bad the ugly put it all down and then just have everything on paper or on your screen and then you can like work with your client to develop a chosen one is that what you're saying yeah definitely um so like i can ease like when when i'm working with clients sometimes we make like up to 15 20 just drafts which and all of them are not great but um it's that's also the case because sometimes clients or Quite often, a client has totally different views on what's good, um, depending on on who you are. Because I mean, everyone has different taste at the end of the day. So sometimes a logo that you you uh, personally might not find great, the client might find good. So mm-hmm. it's it's also good to to get out get out different styles for the clients to pick from. I think. Yeah, I think that's something we can all like learn from is, like you just said, the client will have a different taste and it's important to take that into consideration. Um, but on mm-hmm. that note, have you ever disagreed with a client so much or maybe not on a style basis, but on a moral standpoint, they just haven't worked with them or do you work with uh, people based on something else? Um, I've definitely had my bad client experiences. Um, but like, do you mean not working with a client because of the ethics or morals or just because that the, that the process itself was so bad? Um, 
I guess both. Like, have you ever had like a bad experience where you've never worked with them again? Or have you been approached by someone whose ethics and morals don't align to yours? So, or maybe they would prefer quality over lots of quantity and you just said, hey, that isn't my process. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, definitely had uh, experience with both of that. Um, like, regarding ethics and stuff, I, I, I don't want to work with companies or persons that I don't, like, agree with ethically, like, things with betting companies and stuff I don't work with um, and stuff like that. Um, but there's also been been moments it's it's often smaller clients um who who might not agree with the way that i work which is something that i um nowadays i tend to be more specific like when we start that i tend to work in a way where where you get a lot of drafts and it might not be 100 percent perfect from the start but um, at least you will get an idea of how we can look and if you like any of them that's great we can continue continue working on that then um but yeah i think it's 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 going better and better for uh for every client uh and you kind of learn from from those bad clients that you maybe should be more specific from the start and stuff like that yeah so how would you go about turning someone down like is do you ever find that, that it's difficult or I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with, especially who I've spoken to, where saying mm-hmm. no is hard. Um, so how do you how do you go about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I've been in a seat multiple times where I have like too many clients, so to say, or I've I've grabbed too much food on my plate, um, mm-hmm. and that's definitely a tough position. Um, but at the end of the day um unless you have like i think a lot of designers on here in this community also don't have a designers for full time i think there's a lot of students and a lot of people who have career freelancing on the side mm-hmm. and i think especially then um you should try to focus more on more on the quality columns rather than the quantity mm-hmm. and and try to because Good or good, but um, good paying clients attracts more good paying clients, and poor paying clients attracts even more poor paying clients. That was a tough sentence. Um, <laughs> um, that definitely makes sense with like the the good clients. I guess word of mouth thing gets around, right? So like, mm-hmm. if you just work for high paying, then more high paying come to you. So, how how was your assessment of maybe the logo design community that we have on Twitter? What's your assessment of their pricing and their value? Do you think that it's too high, too low? What do you think maybe people are doing wrong? Because you have a lot of experience in this sector, so I think this is valuable information, to, especially to any upcoming branding or logo designers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any like, right or wrong way to, to do it, but I think a lot of people kind of fail to to keep to keep um because at the end of the day you have to do, you have to progress um in your clients as well by charging more and trying to get bigger and bigger clients um if at least if you want to make a living out of it um so i see a lot of people charge the same amount 
for for a year year in and year out, and that's definitely not sustainable. You have to try to 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 charge more for I mean for for every client almost. Um, mm-hmm. That way you can progress and yeah. So I think that's the way you have to do it. Yeah, you don't have to answer this question, but it's kind of a follow up. So when it comes to charging a client, is your philosophy or your standpoint? It's, is it aligned to you charge the client or do you charge the job? Do you understand what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it kind of depends. Um, I've definitely done, done both. Um, but I think you kind of learn that from time as well. Um, whether you should, or like, you get to know your your clients and you get to know your projects. Um, but I mean, every client is is new, so it's kind of like starting again uh, from every client. So it's definitely hard. Um, but yeah, not sure to be honest. It's quite different. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I think it's a like you said, it's a good to have a balance between the two, or it, it depends because you know you want you aren't going to charge, I guess, a startup the same as you're going to charge apple or something do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. from a very yeah. exaggerated standpoint but at the end of the day then you it's an argument of is it fair to charge somebody more based on their profile mm-hmm. and i think that that it really doesn't come to down to is it fair on the clients but you're trying to make a living like you said so i'm just gonna butt in with my opinion on here but it's like you know you're trying to make a living you can work with apple you're gonna charge exactly. them more because they can afford it so you're trying to make a living and yeah I guess it's taking opportunities where they present themselves. Like you'd be a fool not to, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. that's, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think a lot of people sell themselves short there. They mm-hmm. don't value themselves enough. And yeah, so I think you're right. I mean, the worst thing they're going to do, say you have like a, a higher paying client and you think I can possibly not squeeze more out of them, but you can charge more. The worst mm-hmm. thing that they're going to say is, no, that's too high. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. You might as well go for it. Definitely. And talking and about like afford. Oh, sorry. Carry on. Carry on. No, no. Just adding that. I, I mean, if they don't, if if the client don't respect your prices, I mean, it's not a, it's not ideal to work with them anyway. So. Very good point. Very good point. Um, when it comes to, I guess, pricing and affordability. You have started a pre-made logo store called Anything, which has been really, really successful. Can you like talk to me about that? Explain what it is if no one uh, who's listening isn't aware of it, but just like explain what Anything is and how it runs, what it does and what you're aiming to achieve. Um, yeah, so Anything is a platform where, where anyone can... Um, can uh upload a logo or like at least upload it and see if it gets uh accepted or denied um to a market full of um full of um people who are looking to it could be like startup owners or business owners or whatever um just upload their logos and designs to a market full of people looking to to build something um and they need a logo um like pretty pretty quick so the philosophy is to that the designer can work on a logo that they want to work on and make it as good as they can make it to be. Because when you're working with clients, you often have to make 
the decisions on the logo that you might not agree with, and thus making it worse. So by making it pre-made, a designer can make it 100% how he or she wants it to look like, um, and then you can sell it and get paid instantly. Um, and I've kind of had projects like this before. I've had like at least three or four similar stores before, um, but but anything has really taken off, and um, yeah, so it's it's cool to see that it's finally finally doing some progress um, and helping a lot of designers out to, to sell their work and make some passive income by making designs, which is cool. I mean, yeah, I, that's something that I definitely get from anything social anyway, is that they're really proud of their ability to provide designers with an income. So like they'll, you, you all day, which, whichever is the correct term to use. Will, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're two people, so. <laughs> okay, you'll like tweet out like how much you've given to designers or how much has been sold to designers. I think that is really good to have a design designer orientated platform so that it encourages people to first of all be able to make a living and being able mm -hmm. to challenge themselves with logo design. So I think on that aspect it's amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah. I would like to ask Thanks. you though a bit about um your philosophy on pre made because I remember when uh, yourself started up when logo hive was a thing and there was a lot of debate within the community i'm not sure if you were like really aware of it about mm -hmm. pre-made logos and whether they're a good thing or a bad thing um people arguing that maybe a logo should be unique and catered specifically to a client whereas others saying it's just an identification mark so obviously mm -hmm. you have your stance but would you mind explaining it to the audience please yeah, of course. Um, I, I definitely, I, f I feel like a lot of people confuse pre-made with something being like bad or poorly designed, which I think it's the totally opposite. I mean, with pre-made designs, you get the, as mentioned before, you get the designs that have been 100% designed in a way that the designer wants it to be designed. A lot of design words there. Um, but um, so you kind of get the, to me at least, you get, you get a better, better, um, quality overall um, and then a lot of times clients don't really want or know what they want either I, I often get clients saying like make an R logo make it look cool <laughs> and which just leaves me completely lost mm -hmm. and so if they'd rather have a library from 10 different R logos to choose from it's I they usually fall in love with one of them, one or two of them. Um, and that way you both sa save yourself some time. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that pre-made is the way to go for a lot of people. Definitely not all of people, but we're not trying to, to be a platform for everyone either. We're, mm -hmm. we're a platform for people who aren't really 100% sure on what they want, or maybe they're looking for a project that might not need like four months of design work and thousands of dollars spent mm -hmm. um which definitely is a lot of people um and there, there's being new projects started every day um some smaller than others so i think there's there needs to be a a um platform where where uh, you can get amazing quality designs for for a cheaper price and and an instant time as well yeah you touched upon quality and you mentioned it earlier like they're quality checked 
Um, so mm-hmm. what is the criteria to be able to sell on anything? Like what allows a designer to or not to upload to, a, to the site? Yeah, um, I, I think that's also cool because um, with custom designs, you kind of you have to have a big following to make some to make a living out of it. But with with pre-made, I mean, or with anything, um, anyone can can upload the work with the same chances. Um, and those chances are, we obviously check that it's not like stolen or anything. Um, we compare that it's unique enough to be sold, so it isn't like just or it's like that it's too minimal so that it can be compared to something else and then lastly we 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 make an we make a uh, decision if we think that it's enough quality um or high quality enough to be sold on the website um whether whether we think that it um it can have a potential buyer so it's it's just about making it unique enough as well as having it to be good enough, so to say. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. So when you say good, is that from a, I guess, design principle outlook? So maybe they've used golden ratio or they've used grid, or is it from like a technical ass point? So, you know, it's no ragged edges, you know, they've vectored it properly. It's not made in Photoshop. Um, yeah, well, not Photoshop logos, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, but, um, but there's no like rules. It's just pretty much if you if you think that it's high quality enough. I mean, some logos definitely don't follow golden ratio rules or something like that, which mm-hmm. which I don't think a logo has to. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> so it's more like um, how we the two owners kind of view them, and if we think they're good enough, um, at least for now. Would you mind giving a shout out to the owner? Definitely. He's called uh, Victor Ritzval. Um, and he's a friend of mine living in the same city. So oh, he's handy. more he's more like the behind the, behind the scenes guy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So how much of a say do you both have like together? Like, is it equal, equal say on whether a logo gets passed? And do you ever like have contradicting views? Like, how does that work? Yeah, um, we kind of, we can, we grade them, um, or grade, sounds like we're teachers, <laughs> but um, uh, we, we review them uh, pretty much 50-50s, we take, um, we take on uh, every other logo. Um, so, so some of them are reviewed by me, and some of them are reviewed by Victor. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and okay. he also has uh, a very big design experience. Um, I think six or seven years within logo design, so we're not too, we're not too complete beginners yeah. reviewing them. Yeah, true. I mean, you have like loads of experience. You said you were designing since you were twelve or fourteen. Like, that's... yeah, the, uh, yeah. Logo designs I've been doing pretty much all my design career, so I think I have, like, yeah. I've seen a lot of logo designs. So, and uh, Victor too. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, um, besides. I guess doing it and being self-taught. Have you ever had like any external education or mentoring from anybody? Um, I do go to graduate design school, uh, or will graduate now this year. Um, so that's definitely one one aspect where we make logo designs pretty much every week, which is pretty cool. Um, but I've also been blessed to 
to work closely with a lot of my inspirations within logo design. And I also think that like twi the Twitter community is such a great platform because I've asked, I've asked so many people who I look up to and inspirations for, for feedback and stuff. And they just reply, which is amazing. Um, and you can kind of help each other within the Twitter community and you can help others. So I think everyone can just keep growing together. Um, so that's, that's a big part of how, how I become a better designer as well by simply asking for feedback or, or, uh, following others work, uh, to try and learn from them. Yeah. And that's incredible. So literally for anyone listening or watching, just ask. Just yeah. Ask for feedback. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Definitely, and I, I've, I've kind of struggled with this myself. Um, because sometimes it could be quite, you know, embarrassing, or you might be afraid that the other person find you <laughs> annoying or whatever. Um, but I think people generally like to help as well. Um, if you get get a DM from someone who asks for help, I mean, it's quite cool to be able to help or just give a quick sentence or two. Mm -hmm. um saying what, what you think of the logo and what could be changed or or something like that so yeah twitter is definitely great for that yeah that's awesome anyway fabian i think that's all we really have time for today i just want to thank you very much for coming onto the podcast especially episode one it's a great honor um so thank you very much um if there's any sort of social plugs you'd like to do now's your time go at it awesome thank you so much for the converse as well and for having me um pleasure well um, I'm pretty much just active on Twitter, where my username is Fabian Arbor, um, and uh, trying to become more uh, active on YouTube as well, where um, I have the same name, so might want to check that out. Um, <laughs> and anything, of course, anything.com, where I uh, try to sell my premium logos as well. Awesome. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next week with another episode of the On The Grid podcast. Peace. Bye.